Friends, we need to chat. As the days count by, I can't help but think about the shift from the first half to the second half of the year. 2024 is flying by so fast. I want to give you a heads up that I'm hosting a free mid-year reboot event at the end of June. It's called Start Fresh, and it's exclusively for email subscribers. I'll be teaching how to untangle all of your projects and ideas to create a motivating plan for scrapbooking during the rest of 2024. The event will also feature a special offer for a no-subscription membership that is only available once per year. To lead up to this exclusive event, I'm also sharing some of my best secrets for scrapbooking more consistently with my email subscribers. If you are not getting emails from me, from Jennifer Wilson from Simple Scrapper, make sure you press pause on this episode and head over right now to simplescrapper.com slash focus. Simply enter your information and you'll be all squared away. Plus, I'll send you the Focus Finder, our favorite tool that you can start using immediately. I'll see you over there. Because habits is not just a conversation for January. It's an all-year conversation. And I think we're all collectively going to see so much more success and progress and satisfaction by keeping this on the front burner, keeping it top of mind. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 96. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for January. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode at simplescrapper.com slash SYW096. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? I am well. And yourself? Pretty darn good. I am trying to get into a pre-New Year routine. This seems to happen at the end of December every year where I'm like thinking ahead. I don't want to like try to, you know, turn over a new leaf exactly on January 1st. I want to ease into it a little bit. So I got up a little earlier, started working on some habits. That sounds like a very smart idea. Yeah. In theory, let's let's see if I can make it stick. (laughs) Well, I think later we're going to be talking a little bit about our book club plans for the coming year. And, um, you know, I'm sure, as you know, like the baby steps, right? We always yeah, say I, I little feel, by little. I feel like I have more tools than I ever have before, and I've made a lot of progress. So I, I feel, I guess, more optimism, but also not even that, but more capable uh, than I have in the past. So it'll That's be interesting. That's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. So what's new with you these days? Well, um, probably the biggest change on my horizon is um, I have agreed to work with Walgreens to administer COVID vaccinations to long-term care facilities. Nice. So it has been several years since I was out in the pharmacy world um, actively. So um, I'm just trying to like, you know, stay present in the moment. There's a lot of unknowns for me at this point. Obviously, 
it's not like we've done this before, but I have, you know, I vaccinated people for 10 years. I used to do some long-term care consulting. So I'm used to going into homes. Um, some of the area I'll be covering is kind of like Northwest Iowa, which is where I grew up. So I'm comfortable with that. So instead of focusing on all the things I'm uncertain about, I'm trying to focus on the things that I am certain about. Um, I will say this was a testament to book club, this decision. Um, they kind of reached out to me to see, obviously they need people to do this and I am qualified. So they reached out to see if I was interested. And um, I had to think like long and hard about it, like how it would affect our family and obviously like my health concerns and, you know, if I was comfortable doing it. And so I um, have a Trello board where I keep kind of notes from nonfiction books and a lot of them we cover in book club. So ones that kind of have resonated with me. And so I actually turn to those notes from our book club selections to kind of help me make these decisions or this decision. Um, I really came down to the, we've read um, Ann Bogle's Don't Overthink It. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big part of like, you know, what are your values? Like, what kind of person do you want to be? So like that definitely helped me make my decision. And then coming up in 2021, we're going to read Decisive by the Heath Brothers. And I've actually read that. It's been a year or two ago now. You're a big fan of all their books, right? What? You're a big fan of the Heath Brothers in general. You've read a lot of their books. I've, well, like two or three. Okay. I know we read Switch for Book Club and then I read Decisive. Um, I think they've got another one. But anyways, uh, well, they Made have to Stick, I think, is one of the other ones. Okay. I have not read that one. But I probably should. Anyways, they have this whole thing that's like to remove yourself from like the present. So imagine like how will you feel in 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years. So that strategy kind of helped me decide as well. So all those like little tidbits to come together. So we'll see. Tomorrow I start my training. So back well, out luck. there. I think it's it's very... I don't know. I guess I'm proud of you because I'm nervous leaving my house in general these days. And so to put yourself out there, you know, there's obviously a risk you're taking, but you've weighed all the considerations and you've decided this is the right thing for you. And I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. I will say like there was several middle of the night, like Google sessions. Um, I will have the option to get the vaccine and I'm planning on doing that. And then even once I'm vaccinated, I will have to test um, regularly to go into the homes to. Oh, sure. Of course. So yes. So we will see. Oh, and then also I have to drop this in here because super, super exciting. We have laying hens now. Nice. So I can wander out to my little chicken coop and pick up eggs in the morning. So that's been fun. Very cool. Yes. It's just everyone I know who has chickens, they like that's their choice and they, they love it and they love having the eggs and they love, you know, having extra family members to take care of. Well, they kind of, I was just telling my husband over the weekend, it is shocking. Like I am an animal person. Like they definitely, you know, are near and dear to me, but I was like, you know, they're birds, they're chickens. Like they're not in our house. Like how attached can you get to them? But they're so funny. They have like the funniest little personalities and um, they know like who I am. So even the other day, like I wasn't going out to the chickens. I was going to the mailbox, but they could see me. And they have like a little run, fenced in run area. And they all like hustled over to like the gate to like watch me at the mailbox. So um, <laughs> that's adorable. I know, it's, it's def- I know it's, it's definitely enhanced our lives. So that's been good. How about yourself? You know, you- I don't know if I have a lot to report. It just has been a lot of, 
the same. There's a lot of work. We're all trying to kind of catch up before the end of the year. Emily still has two more days of school this week. So we're just kind of in the groove, you know, chugging away. We do a few Christmassy things here and there. We watched Elf last night and finished our woodland llama gingerbread house. (laughs) So we had this, I had this whole plan to do this, you know, woodland cottage with a thatched roof and a log cabin style and with all these critters. And then the grocery shopper substituted the woodland critters with llamas and cactuses or alpacas. I'm not sure which they are. Um, they're very cartoonish, so it could be either. And you know what? It's totally cute and awesome. It was not what I planned, but the I don't know. It was a very 2020 thing to happen. That sounds really fun. And then we also started finally watching The Mandalorian, and I'm excited that we can kind of binge this over a couple of weeks and watch full two seasons and catch up where everybody is now because everybody apparently reacted to the season two finale, and I'm afraid of it's gotten to a point where I'm going to start hearing more and more about what happened and what, what everything is. And so I feel like I need to catch up if I want to watch it because otherwise I won't be able to avoid that, the media coverage of it anymore. Kind of the spoiler alert. I do not watch that show, but my husband does. And I do know a little bit about the season two finale just from him. So, um, he's enjoyed it. So obviously it is a big hit out in the world. Yeah, well, and each episode is only like 30, 40 minutes. So watching, there's only 16 episodes. So four episodes is like watching a movie. So it's really like four movie nights to catch up. Um, so it's not that, it's not like a Game of Thrones commitment, which we've never been able to start because it's like at this point, this is, you know, a huge commitment of your time <laughs> to dive into it. Yes. Well, and I mentioned a little bit before we started to record that um, my husband and I watched Home for the Holidays. It's a... Norwegian, I believe, show set. Um, it's on Netflix and it was recommended by the strong sense of place people and um, similar thing where, yeah, it's six seasons per or six episodes per season and they're like 30 minutes each. So um, there's two seasons and like we knocked it all out and, you know, like a week or so. So it was it is fun and it's nice to have a shared shared experience. Oh, for sure. That's that's one of the things that I love. Um is it like a holiday theme to it? It is. Um, I will preface to say it is not child friendly. There are definitely like mature topics covered, but um, yes. So the premise is this woman is like 30 and um, not in a relationship. And it's like the first Sunday of Advent and she's at her parents' house and they're all like, you know, kind of badgering her about her relationship status. And so she just blurts out that she has a boyfriend and she'll bring him for Christmas, but she does not have a boyfriend. So hence the process of her dating and kind of meeting different people and whatnot. But, um, and then the second season kind of picks up on that. It kind of fast forwards to the year and then where she's at with her relationships there. I will say I was really surprised. Like there's some really funny moments and there's some really just likable characters. And then there's some really like, they're actually sad moments, but it's almost like they're poignant. I don't know. Like, you know, I definitely had some tears in my eyes at certain spots. And so we liked it. It was good. Cool. I will check that out. Well, apparently I've been like a TV watching machine. I watched Dash and Lily. My, one of my daughters um, recommended that. And that is a teen. I think it's like a, it was originally like a YA type book. And it tells a story about these two kind of teenagers in New York City. And they kind of start up a relationship. 
they're like book pen pals. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was cute. I watched it while treadmilling. Well, you know, it is that time of the year for like nesting and, you know, you can't be out in your garden as much. So no, no. Now, do you grow stuff over the winter, like winter greens and things like that? Or you, you put it away for a period? We do not. I have looked at, there's those like aquaponic type kits and herb garden indoor things, but Mm -hmm. my cats eat plants. So I think that would be a challenge to find a good location to keep it. And I don't know. I just envision that all like something leaking and just being like more of a mess than it's worth. So no, we are strictly, you know, warm season gardeners here. Well, you know, that reminded me a few weeks ago, we were talking about, we've never been able to have like large, you know, indoor house plants that had like soil in a big pot that sat on the floor mm-hmm. because of the cat. And, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a silver lining. Obviously we're still <laughs> grieving her loss and trying to figure out if we want a new pet someday in the future. But, you know, like that's something that we can do now is have actually plants that have soil and, you know, take up space and are part of more decor rather than just something sitting on a shelf well out of the way. Yes, that makes a big, big difference. Well, and then I finally turned to terrariums. I have two lidded terrariums because I can have them out on like a coffee table and it has a lid on it. It's its own little microbiome Mm -hmm. situation going on in there and the cats can't bother it. So my mom has had one for like, let's see, I'm 40 and she got it. I think when they got married in like the early seventies. So she's, she had this terrarium for almost 50 years. That is awesome. It is. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. They're so fun. I'm going to need to like develop you know, if someday I'm inheriting this, I'm going to need to develop a green thumb by then because I would be devastated to, you know, a, a 70 year old terrarium that I'm not going to be able to keep it alive. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be some pressure. I will say for me, and maybe it's just like the plants or whatever, how it's worked out. Like they've been very low key maintenance because a lot of times I will check them when I'm watering my other house plants, but a lot of times they don't even need that because they just like recycle the water within, you know, cause they're lidded, right? So you can see sometimes there's like condensation on top. And so I rarely need to water them. Um, and I had gone to a workshop at our like local botanical gardens. Was it one or two Christmases ago? I don't know. It was just when I started these, I think it was two Christmases ago. Um, and they said like, sometimes it can be the opposite problem where people get like mold and things. So occasionally you have to like take the lid off and air it out. But I mean, really they've been, they've been easy. Nice. All right, Kim, what's exciting you in scrapbooking right now? I have a lot of things to share. <laughs> okay, well, I probably have less things. So this is, we'll balance. Um, I will say just telling like smaller stories. So I've been taking like photos and notes for documenting like a December project. And I've never been one to work on it daily. I tend to do it kind of more in batches. And mm-hmm. I attended our member crop on Saturday morning and kind of got like three pages put together and it was just so much fun. And I'm really enjoying kind of those like small everyday stories. I think it's, that's one reason why I do like the December project because I, I don't do project life. So it's kind of an opportunity to incorporate some of those everyday things, but also if they're just the smaller stories, it's just like design choices. It's easier to just, I feel like there's more flexibility with your designs and templates or sketches that I'm choosing because I'm not looking for, large volumes of text necessarily. So I'm, it's been fun. 
Yeah, like sometimes I, I just printed out a photo and I'm like, okay, where I just needed to leave space on the photo so that I could put a little, you know, like a little journaling tag over the photo so I could write a few lines and then that was it. Like it was really super simple and I, it's the smaller formats are so awesome for that. Yeah, I, I but like I said, it's it's been nice. It's just been, it feels very low key. It's been enjoyable and um, just like having my camera out, I'm more apt to just like snap I have it in the back of my mind, right? Like we went for a hike and I took my camera with me. And back in the day, like when I was doing Project Click Life, that's what I did. Like my camera, I went everywhere with me. Um, and I've kind of gotten away from that. So it's good to get that back kind of in my everyday life. Oh, interesting. Because I have not picked up my either of my big cameras at all. I've been using my phone, but I definitely have. I feel like I'm in a habit of noticing like this mm-hmm. morning, you know, it wasn't that early, but this the sun was still coming up and I noticed, you know, those like sun rays. I'm like, you know, I'm going to just pause here and take a photo out the window. So I, I really feel like December Daily helps me reconnect with scrapbooking, with taking pictures and just with the whole, the, the way that it fills me up. And so it seems like it's just, it's that perfect lead up to the new year. It's well said. You know, and it could be any subject matter, but, you know, because it's something that we're, we're doing anyway, we're, we're celebrating the holiday season. It just really, yeah, I'm, I am like, I'm totally in the groove now and I am so excited for 2021 and the scrapbooking I'm going to do next year. Okay. Tell us about it. What's the plan? So I have kind of an audacious goal and I don't, I don't think any, even in my, the year that I made the most layouts, I don't think I made a hundred and that's going to be my goal next year. And I know for some that's like, oh, that's nothing. And for others, like, oh, that's a lot. So, but for me, it feels, it feels like a challenge, but it also feels really exciting. And one of the ways that I am working towards this is I, and actually in so many areas of my life, I'm really focusing on batching. And so I've, I've done this a few times and and it's kind of always been an kind of a back burner theme, but I'm really trying to be intentional about it because my brain loves that. My brain can likes to plan things out and see, well, this goes here and that goes there. And whether we're talking about how we're, we're doing content inside the membership or batching four or five layouts at once, my brain likes that type of process. And so I'm going to be doing layouts in groups, you know, not exclusively, but a lot of the time. And I really think that's going to help me get a lot of stories told and, and just feel really productive and satisfied. Well, and I think you made an interesting point about that particular number 100 feeling challenging, but also achievable. I think it's one thing to like throw yourself out like this huge goal, but deep down you'll know it's not likely that you'll ever reach it. So I think there's definitely a balance between like finding that right space where it's challenging, but also it's motivating because you feel like you can actually achieve it. When, and on the same note, though, I, I'm not going to beat myself up that if I get like if I get 80, that's still a huge accomplishment. Um, and maybe I'll surpass it. I don't know. But I think having having something that feels both challenging and exciting is something that you can reach for and will stay motivating. Um, and, and I just think that we sometimes and let's just I'll speak for myself. I have set my bar lower and lower over the years. And while I think maybe I needed that in those years, I think next year I need that extra nudge to to come out of pandemic mode, to get back into uh, 
creative production and also just creative engagement with with myself, my hobby, my life, and the rest of the world? So I have questions and maybe you don't have answers. So you're doing the batching. Do you have any sort of like scheduling in mind? Like, will you like week one, you'll write the stories and choose the photos. And then week two, you'll assemble and then repeat or, um, or is it like a goal of like, you know, so many per month that you break it down to like smaller goals or, you know, tell me more. So yes, I do have it all scheduled out and I started with our workbook and I, I really looked at the whole year and looked at the way my obligations were laid out. I knew that I was going to want to work on December daily next December, but probably really next November and December. I want that to be just a fun playtime, you know, just like let's go all in and make things. Um, and so I knew that I would want the, those layouts done basically before then. So that's looking at January through October. And then I also knew that May, we're running a virtual conference for my university job. August is back to school. And in theory, we're going to actually be going back to school at that point. Mm -hmm. And October is kind of, you know, the crunch time for gearing up for next year's planning party and making final decisions for what's going to happen. You know, we're fast forwarding now to 2022. So I then took those months off the table. So that's minus two, minus three. So that's minus five. And so 12 minus five, is that, is that eight? Seven. (laughs) So that's seven. Okay. You're, so, yep. so really I'm going to be trying to do most of those over those seven months. And I have two specific projects where I'm batching a certain number of layouts. And then I also have a goal of uh, filling in gaps in my albums. And so I'm going to be starting to print out more photos, identifying gaps in previous years, printing out those photos, putting a little story card with them, like, you know, what's the date, what's the topic, and where's the story going, and so that I can just pick those up and do those in batches of probably three or four. Okay, so interesting. You talked about doing December daily, but so are you not counting your December daily plans in these 100 layouts? I was not, no. Okay, and how do you define what, like, quote unquote counts as a layout? Like, is there like size or like content or you'll just like go with your gut? Like this counts. Um, I'm trying to, I'll have to reference my Trello here because I put it all in my creative hub for the new year. I, I completely redesigned my creative hub and I'm so excited about it. I did lots of color coding and added emojis. And so I will look and see what I included and did not include. And also, like, my other thought is, like, a two-page layout, does that count as two layouts or one because it's but it's two pages? And it only counts See, this as is, one. Okay. If it's one story, it counts as one. One layout. Okay. Because actually a lot of – I am I have this – it's kind of the next – let's call it next level hybrid. <laughs> Maybe that's a future name for a class. I don't know. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing hybrid on one side with – printed journaling and minimal striking embellishment, whether it's like a chipboard title or one, one embellishment that's, you know, strategically placed and then making a more scrapbooky page with paper and layers on the other side where the photos go. Mm -hmm. And so 
that's going to be something that I'm doing a lot of, not exclusively, but that's something that I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of those two page spreads because I know that I can sit down and type stories and get those, that one page done and kind of get ahead with that. And then I will batch create the photo layout part on the other side. Does that make sense? It's kind of, yes. Oh, it totally makes sense. And then it gets around that whole, like I talked about earlier about trying to like find designs that accommodate large volumes of journaling, but yeah, also let you do the fun stuff. It's kind of like matching how people will match pocket pages for extra photos with a layout that they've made, but you're just using, you know, the other side more so for journaling. Correct. And you know, there'll be, there are times when I will maybe include a photo collage as the other side and not do a a layout, but I'm not typically the person that's wanting to include all the photos or more of the photos. I, it's, typically not difficult for me to select the two to three to five, but typically two to three photos that I'm going to use on a page. And sometimes it's even just one. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a, let's try to get them all in there type of scrapbooker. No, Um, I think it's just be exciting. So to answer your other question though, I am including, I believe I'm including, doing one layout or spread every month for one little word as part of this, but I am not including December daily or project life in the 100. Ooh. See, I would, I would totally count. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe by the end of the year, I will change my answer. Yes. Um, But I'm really thinking of it as like a one or two page spread that's completed. Um, Yeah. We'll see. Maybe maybe I will be able to get a bigger number at the end if I do choose to include those. Um, so we will see. But that's that's where I'm that's where I'm sitting right now, and I'm I'm feeling excited by it. Um, I know that having kind of smaller project boundaries around it and some deadlines, like I have specific months set for some of these certain projects that I want to do, like February, March. I'm working on this one, and so that tells me what to do. I kind of know where I'm going, but knowing what I'm working on, I think is going to be really, really energizing this year. Well, and it kind of removes that part of the barrier of starting was like where to start. Well, you have a plan in place. And it sounds like I always go back to this because I think it's very helpful how Elise Blaha Kripe in her book, um, we read for book club, I don't know, at some point. Anyways, I think that was um, January of 2020. (laughs) I think it was too. Um, Talked about having like the smaller deadlines, like within your bigger goal, right? It's like yeah. checkpoints. Yes. Um, and you need that because, well, one, if you don't, I think it's motivating to have those checkpoints because it kind of keeps you like, okay, I'm on track or I'm a little behind, but I can catch up. Or maybe if you're not anywhere near where you thought you'd be, okay, so what's, then you can maybe like revamp it. Like what's not working? So I think it sounds like a great plan. Well, I think also the discussions we had during the planning party about having uh, different scales of accountability and in both internal and external. So I would say this is the biggest scale. Like here's the plan, but in order to implement the plan, I'm going to need, need to lean on my own internal accountability to then, okay, what's on deck for this particular month and figuring out when that's going to happen. And then on a sh- nearer term, shorter term time scale, okay, how can I lean on the community to support me? So I've already put it on the calendar that I want to attend the Wednesday noon crop every single week. That's just kind of a standing appointment. And, you know, there's going to be certain things that I try to work on during that time. 
well, I'll be excited to see how it goes. Follow along. Yep, for sure. I'm sure we will discuss that throughout these episodes uh, every month next year on the podcast. You have to give us a count, page count. I will do that. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm looking forward to sharing my progress throughout the year. And I hope to do that in multiple ways here on the podcast and on social media videos. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to just create part. I mean, a lot of this is creating for myself. You know, some of it will is kind of a work responsibility, but most of it is not. And I think that has been a key to my own productivity over the years is I don't create well or as well under pressure as I do when I'm kind of guiding my own ship, if you will. Um, And so so, any of your stories planned to be bucket list stories? Yes. So I mentioned one little word. And one of the things that I really want to do next year is I want to, I'm, I am all in totally committed to the progress, to the process. I am feeling excited about my word and I want to kind of peel back and, and, and go deeper. Like I I've always told more feelings based stories in my scrapbooking, um, but I think even a lot of those has been have been more outward, like feelings towards my daughter and my husband and things that have happened in my life and less like the feelings that we have inside that sometimes we don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I, I need it's time to, go. you know, let's go a little bit deeper and do some things that maybe are more challenging. So I'm that's that's really what's on my bucket list. Sure, there's some bigger past stories I still want to tell, but that's really where my my heart is leading me for the next year. Well, I think that's exciting. What about you on your bucket list? So this is kind of so I've thought a long time about making a layout about my paternal grandfather. He died when I was six years old. So I really do not have a lot of memories of him myself, just like a handful. Um, but I have heard so many stories about him over the years and it's just kind of popped up here and there that I've like, Oh, I should tell that story. Um, and the, but now it's kind of to the point where it's not just, you know, like one story. So I must feel like I know Stacey Julian had this like extended story project concept mm-hmm. as part of her 20 for 20 last year. And I was not in that class, but, um, I kind of like feel like I have like a kind of a big understanding of basically, I mean, I don't know how she had to do it, but basically it's kind of like not necessarily one layout, but maybe like a set of layouts that kind of like tell this overall story. So, um, my grandma lived for like another 25 years after he passed, but she still talked about him like all the time and she would like choke up and, um, really get emotional, like remembering him. Um, so it's kind of like the testament to like their relationship, kind of stories about his personality. Um, he was a medic in World War II. He was in Italy and Northern Africa. And that was like another thing where it came up again when I was, um, we did, went to Washington, D.C. last year. And I was looking up information on the World War II Memorial because I like, took pictures and I like, couldn't remember all like the symbolism of everything. So I was kind of getting some background information when I was doing um, my layout about that. And so you can like put in names of people and kind of get more backstory as far as like their um, like unit or whatever they were in. And um, then I work with Ken and he 
had, we have started an Etsy shop because he's all this memorabilia and stuff that he wants to, um, nobody in his family really wants and has some value to some people. And so some of it is when he was a boy, he collected World War II, like division patches. And like he had like my grandpa's division patch. Like, so it's kind of all these stories have just been building and building and building. And um, at some point, I just, I want to just start getting them down. Oh, for sure. Well, and we're going to have to compare notes on uh, our grandfathers in the war because mine was in Italy and Northern Africa as well. <gasps> oh, so, interesting. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to, I need to look up, but I don't know exactly what he was in the army. And so I don't know what, what regiment or anything like that, but we'll, we'll compare notes and then update. I, I have that information. So yeah, cool. And I think it gets hard and it kind of comes back to it where I always struggle with these types of stories is one where it's a lot of times it's not just like one story. So then how do you go about that? And then two, it's not like my story. You talked about, right. Your emotions related to like your family and versus your own personal experiences. And so I guess, you know, that's probably the direction I will come with it is like, you know, my experience, like growing up and hearing about this person that I never really knew well. Sure. Um, Well, I think I end up, Maybe and maybe this is something I do a lot. I think I write in terms of I wonder, like I wonder if blah blah blah. I wonder if blah blah blah. Like I, you know, I I really just kind of put out my curiosity to 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 really be plain that I don't have all the details of the story. Here's what I know, and here's what I would like to know. You know, maybe someday I will, but most likely not. But I think that's it's fair to kind of get those questions on paper too. Yeah, that's a good tip. All right, let's transition to this past month's theme and then our upcoming journey. So this was a curating photos month. This is the last of our monthly themes. And now next year, we're going to two month journeys. And I'm so excited for that. But let's just talk about curating photos for a moment. So what kind of what is your takeaway from this experience? So having we've gone through, you know, different versions of this kind of concept over the years. And I think what I noticed the most or what stood out to me this time was how many people have like a plan in place and how they're committed to just doing it in small bits at a time. Like I always felt like it was used to be people like, well, once I get my photos organized, then I'll scrapbook. Like it was this huge like project. And I think what I've seen within the group is a lot of just acknowledgement and acceptance of the fact that, yeah, this might be a very big project depending on what you have, what you're dealing with, but there's lots of concept as far as like, I'm going to work on it once a week at the Monday night member crop, or I'm going to, like, they have like ongoing plans and a commitment to doing it a little bit at a time because they recognize that all those baby steps add up to big results. You know, my my observation is very much on the same note. Um, so for this new session of Photo Crush, we just released kind of, we updated the classroom and have a whole new like intro series of steps and then a part one and then part two will be released um, the 102 level in August. And so we have this brand new checklist and so many members said, well, I've like I've basically done all the things on your checklist already. And maybe, you know, doesn't mean you're not going to revisit them and improve them. But I was so surprised by how many said they really felt, they felt good. They felt solid. Even though there's always work to do, they felt so good about their photo libraries. Yeah. And compared to the past, don't you think that's, I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah. I think I it's, people have really made progress. And I don't know if it's maybe, you know, as technology's changed, people have 
you know, got their feet under them a little bit with like how they're dealing with all that or like the evolution of, right. Like transitioning from like primarily like a camera to phone photos to, you know, subscription online photo services and backups and all of that. I feel like for a while there, like it was, it felt like it was all new and it was constantly changing. So maybe we've just also gotten to a point where there's a little bit of consistency or familiarity with all those concepts. So you feel better able to address them. I don't know. I think it's a, a huge combination of factors. There's kind of the, the maturity of the technology and our comfort level with it. There's maybe a little bit of like this year, you know, some folks had a little bit more time to to feel connected, figure out how things work and, and take more action than they had in the past. Um, just the fact that we, you know, we continually revisit this inside the membership and our, our members tend to stick around for a long time. So we, we keep always going back to this. So there's that iterative improvement that you get. Um, yeah. And just, I, I, I think that there's just, I don't know. I, I just think it's a huge combination of factors, but yes, it is. It is. There's definitely a visible shift uh, there's less kind of that, the flailing around, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And maybe some of that is even just a, you know, we've all collectively developed a greater confidence in Googling and finding answers. And it's much easier to get to the answers that you need as, as all those tech companies do their best to try to get us to that information faster and in all the ways that they do that. So. No, it was just, it was interesting to see that, that shift for sure. And it, it's good. I, you know, it's, it's obviously we're always there to help people when they need help, but it's also nice to kind of like celebrate, you know, those victories together as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I just, there's just always such a supportive, collaborative environment. And I think that even well outside of, you know, our designated periods for photo crush, our members are always helping one another, always reaching out. And I think that just the ongoing knowing that you have this place to go when you have a question, you're going to get your question answered and then you're kind of back in business. Um, I think that's also helped, helped this not need as much, I don't know, dedicated time. I don't know how to say it. Like, I, I just feel like our members are in so, in such great shape. Well, I also, think it is good to have a place where if you do want someone's insights, like it's like a trusted like a trusted resource or what I'm thinking of, like, um, evaluation. So like, for example, so I help with Ken and Mary with all sorts of tasks and, um, his son had wanted something like legacy box. Do you know what that is? So basically you send in like slides or photos and, um, VHS tapes or whatever in a box. And then they, it's, they digitize it all for you and send it back. Um, so there's like legacy box and I memories and, um, but the one that a lot of our members have used is Scan Cafe. Mm, yes. So again, so even just like working with him, talking about like what would be the best options for his son and, you know, their family's memorabilia, I could say like, hey, in my simple scrapper group, a lot of people have used this. And then, you know, you can explore that. So one, it kind of gives you a place to start. Or two, you know, I think somebody can come on and say like, hey, I'm thinking about using this service or this subscription or this software or whatever. Does anyone have experience with it? And yeah, you can read other reviews online, but it is nice to hear the thoughts of people that are like-minded, right? Like they maybe have similar values or um, concerns related to memory keeping that maybe, I don't know, the average person isn't as into it, doesn't have those same views. I don't know. No, but I, think I feel that like is... definitely it's good to have that as like a resource. 
I think that is very true. And I think that also reflects maybe even some of the ways that we, that we teach how we suggest you uh, construct your photo workflow because the end goal here is not just to protect your photos, but to have them for scrapbooking. And so your end goal really dictates the the procedures that you use and really kind of how your library is constructed. Because, you know, some folks who aren't scrapbookers, they just want their photos safe. We'll just send them all to the cloud as easy as possible because they're not going to actually do anything with them, which is probably the vast majority of people. Um, yes. but scrapbookers, we, we want to do stuff with them. So we need, we maybe need them in a different place or in a different format, a different way. Yes. Such a good point. All right. Let's talk about habits. So this is our first journey theme for 2021. This will cover January and February. Um, we're going to have inside the membership, a journey classroom. And this is something new because we've always had classrooms and we have groups and we have, you know, all the things that you'd expect inside of a community, but we're really going to have this kind of guided plan. So there'll be an item of, you know, like let's, you know, we're going to come together for our four-day refresh retreat. And so you'll be able to access that there. And then later on in February, we'll have a new self-paced class. And if you want to elect to do that, then we'll send you to where you can do that. And if you don't, you can check that box and say, no, I'm done with this. I don't need to do that. So it's it's going to be the ultimate in choose your own adventure with with the guidance to lean on as much or as little as you need it. Well, and it also sounds like a little bit like one-stop shop, right? Like yes. this is where you go to kind of get a feel for like what's going on. And then from there, like you said, you can make those choices to what is interesting to you or what you want to go through. But you're not searching around in a, several different locations. You go here and this will get you on the road. So, you know, and then if you have more time, you want to go explore other things, go for it. But um, definitely some guidance for sure. Well, and we've long... You know, we, every time we have an official event, it's recorded. If we have a chat, there's a transcript. But they've all kind of been posted in different places. Like, they're, they're there. But I think having the Journey Classroom will allow us to archive that material because we recognize not everyone is able to participate live depending on their schedule where they live around the world. And so I think we're, fr- we're going to be able to, like, meet a lot of the members' needs to, to have a little bit of simp- simpler navigation and easier access to the newest stuff in one place. So I'm really excited about this format and, and just the overall idea of like, let's take a, take a concept and then we each think about what we need from this concept because we're all, you know, we're probably all thinking about habits in one way or another, but some of our members are really going to be thinking about their creative habits. Some are going to be thinking about their lifestyle habits and, you know, you have to think about, okay, what does this mean for me? Where do I want to go with it? Make that plan and then pick and choose your priorities because we can't do everything. And I think that's that's really what the journeys are going to facilitate is that ongoing mental process of identifying, choosing, and then taking action. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So we're going to have six, six of our refresh retreats in 2021. They're going to be long weekends, four days. And so I'm curious, Kim, what has been your favorite part of refresh over the years? We've done this for so long now and it just keeps getting better and better. I always just like the feeling of excitement surrounding it, right? Like we're coming up on Christmas and it's always like the excitement of Christmas morning and the holidays, but I kind of feel that way about refresh, right? It's always like, Oh goody, it's here again. Um, and I think one is it's just 
gives you something to anticipate, to look forward to. So that is exciting. Two, a lot of times, I mean, they're always available. People can do whatever self-paced, but a lot of times, you know, it's a community event so that you're in it with other people. So you can kind of have that shared experience. So that's exciting. And then, and I've said this before, but that kind of nudge or that prompt to like take a pause, kind of see where you are and where you want to go forward. So I just like all the excitement like about it. There is a really, a really special energy every time. And it's, it's different. It's not like, you know, we've had a lot of like, you know, for National Scrapbook Day and other, you know, we did it for our 10 year anniversary a couple of years ago. We've had like big crop weekends, but it's different than that. Yes, there's a lot of crop time, but the activities are really encouraging you to to think differently, try new things and to really feel that sense of rejuvenation in your hobby. Yes, it can be very insightful. And maybe it, the thing is, it's not even like you expect it, right? It's just kind of like the like the bonus of it. Um, like I'm not going into those weekends thinking like, okay, I'm going to really evaluate my hobby and revamp it and see where I'm going forward. It just kind of naturally happens. Yes. And so, and then we've, we've had some like, you know, more traditional activities and we maybe have had some one that were a little more out there or unusual or fun. And I love, I love having a member who like says, I don't want to do this. But then they say, but I will do it. And then they feel on the other, once they get to the other side, they're like, oh, thank you for doing this. I see it now. Like I get it. But sometimes they're like, Jennifer, really? You really want me to do this? (laughs) So do you know the one that most comes to mind? What's that? Um, Do you remember Carol Ann's like, I don't even, it was like her purple unicorn glitter page or whatever. Yeah. It was the one where it was all like randomized numbers would assign like a topic and all these things. And she just, she ended up with just like the craziest combinations of stuff, but man, she made that page. And so it was awesome. Well, I think sometimes we need to figure out how can we take the randomness that's given to us, which is what happens in life. And I think 2020 is like the ultimate case study of that. Um, And then how can we react to that and create something beautiful from it still? So, yeah. Well, and to learn from it, right? Like Mm -hmm. what are the lessons in this? Great example. Yeah. So you mentioned Trello earlier in our conversation, and it's really become a favorite tool for myself or so many of our members to keep track of goals, projects, and tasks. I'm curious, what role does Trello play in your full arsenal of paper and digital tools? Because we've talked a lot about the various things that you use over over time, and, and where does Trello fit in that? So I mentioned earlier, I have like... I guess there's like three main Trello boards that I use kind of to organize things. One, I do have a nonfiction board where I'll like make notes if I'm reading a book of just things that I think might be helpful or applicable in the future. And I don't necessarily reference that regularly. It's just kind of if something comes up or if I'm in there poking around and I'm curious, I'll go there. I have one that kind of tracks long-term like projects or plans just in my personal life, like around my house or tasks I want to do. Um, and so that's just kind of like a holding place that, again, I'll refer back to, I don't know, like once a month or so, just kind of check in to see where I'm at and where I want to go. And then probably most applicable to this conversation is I do have a creative hub set up within Trello. And I, I should pull that up so I can give a better explanation of exactly what that looks like. But um, we've had different variations or like there was a template to kind of get us started at one point. Mm -hmm. And then some members shared what they had. And 
So I kind of use tips and tricks from that. So with on that board, I have different lists. Kind of the most active one is I have what I've completed in 2020. And I actually have enjoyed that because I was never very good about keeping track of that via paper. But within Trello, I just like drag my card over to that and that's good. And then I have a very next steps list. So that is kind of where I check in every month and I keep like a quarterly roadmap. So that was like a version kind of taken from a previous mm-hmm. simple scrapper template. And then we I just like kind to, of track. we like to rearrange things and give them new names yep. and uh, yep. share things. So in I new have ways that the there. And, <laughs> yep. And then I kind of just track like where I want to work, what I want to be working on, like within the next like quarter and then by month. Yeah. And then from there, you know, it's divvied out um, usually by album. Um, and then I have a, so kind of stories I want to tell to go within each album. And then I have a list that's like anytime stories that maybe aren't necessarily tied to any like particular like time or place or experience, but, um, just stories I want to tell. Very cool. And I, I love, I love, I have loved seeing how you and so many of our members have taken the, all the different ideas we've shared over the years and just really made it your own because some are going to resonate. Some are going to be like, Oh yeah, my brain loves to organize information this way. And some are going to be like, no, I, I can't do that. That doesn't, that doesn't work. That's not a natural mental conversation I'm having. And so that we just, you know, share these different ideas and kind of information structures, if you will, that then you can apply and then tweak. And Trello makes it so easy to just to rename, rearrange, drag things around to really make it work for you. And I think that is key because I mean, this is, this has worked really well for me this last year. And you know, I went through different versions or variations and, um, organizational structures to kind of find what worked for me. So, you know, there is some trial and error involved with that. I do have, I'm not always very consistent, but some color coding, I want to say Nicole Mann shared hers and I really liked how she had assigned a color like to each family member. So I have labels. So I have a color for each person in my family. And then I also have one that's like overall, like bigger family or like other type story. So not that I really use that to any huge extent, but it does kind of give me an idea of like, okay, so maybe I've told a ton of, you know, grace stories lately. So maybe I want to tell a story about Caroline, or maybe I want to tell a family story or, um, it just kind of like changes it up a little bit and kind of gives me a feel of like the types of stories I've been telling. Um, and not that I can't just continue on that same road, but, um, it's just like another, I guess, level of just kind of getting a feel for what my scrapbooking hobby is looking like at this time. So, um, and then she also would upload sketches. So if she had a story Mm. she wanted to tell, she could like type in her journaling and she would upload a sketch to go with that story. Um, I have done that on occasion, especially if I was doing a lot of like kind of batch planning, like you're talking about, or if I had something in mind, um, and so I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit, or if there was like, I knew I wanted to use a particular photo with it. But when I have done that in the past, I found that very successful as well. Cause then it's just like, everything's right there. Like, this is the story I want to tell. This is the sketch I want to use. Maybe the photos I want to use. Um, so it's almost like a kit type thing, right? Like this is what I'm starting with. Yes. Well, and I think it's interesting because we all have, I guess those of us using digital tools for the most part, a lot of us also have some sort of paper tool 
that we like using yes. with that. And so it, it really takes a lot of conscious practice experimentation to figure out, okay, my, I like to have these things digital and my I immediately want to go look for a checklist to cross something off. Or I like to have these things and paper because I want to be able to, to write down something down. Or, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm going to be, you know, kind of doing a little bit more prep with printing photos and keeping stories. And I really don't want to have those in Trello because I don't want there to be another step. I want mm-hmm. it to be to the point where I need to grab these items and then make the page. So I need to get that kind of out of Trello and into a format that makes it easy to take the next creative step. Um, it doesn't mean you, I might not have a list of those somewhere else in Trello, but I really need that physical format too. So it's always, always that balance. Um, and just because we keep some things digital doesn't mean you're not going to have things in the real world as well. Oh no. I always think of it kind of like as a funnel, right? Like you start at the top, like this is all the information, like, you know, like long-term and then monthly and then weekly and then daily and then like down to like this moment. Right. Um, And I will say like my bigger, like the top of my funnel is definitely like more digital. And then like, as I work down to like my daily, then that is, or my weekly and daily is paper. Yes. I can even see like, as I'm like, let's say I'm going to go through 2015 album and I'm going to be flipping through, I could be noting down in Trello, okay, here's the gaps that I'm noticing. And then once I print those photos and jot down a story, then that gets checked off. It's kind of like, it's my, you know layout prep list or whatever, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I've done that with past albums. Um, and then a lot of times, and I know I'm going to say it was Laura Alberts who had talked about, right. Like putting the photos and whatever, like the memorabilia or whatever that you're going to use on that layout in the page protector in the album. So then I would just keep that album. So like most recently, I think I did like 2008 kind of filled in gaps. So like that just lived in my craft room um, and then when I wanted to work on one, I could just flip through and like find like, okay, like I'm ready to tell this one today. And like everything was right there. I like that idea a lot. Mm-hmm. I've, it's worked well for me anyways. One other thing you mentioned with the color coding, when you were talking about family members, I immediately started thinking about Library of Memories categories and those who are mm-hmm. taking photo freedom next year. You know, if you if you're wanting to maybe balance your layout making across the categories better because I know and I mentioned this when I um, was interviewed for Stacy's podcast I do mostly like all about us <laughs> a little bit of the other categories but I'm most of my layouts are just so like personality feelings driven I don't tend to scrapbook some of the other stories as much as I would like to um, and so I think that if you color code, you can see, you know, the breadth and and where the types of stories you're telling. And if you have a goal of maybe having more balance, um, that would be another way to do it. Same with, as you mentioned with the family members, if you notice you're, you know, telling more about one person, I could see, you know, my husband might not ever get a color because I I very rarely tell stories about him. So exactly who I was thinking of. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's helpful to be able to, to, to see those gaps in by using some sort of categorization of your stories. Well, and it's just, it's very easy to do. It's very, it's big visual impact for the effort that you put forth. Oh, 100%. Um, and if it's something that you think will be helpful, like I would definitely say it's worth trying. Like I said, it, I'd never done anything like that until I saw Nicole's version. I was like, oh, maybe I'll give that a go. And I have liked it. Um, it just makes me feel like I have more of, like I said, I, 
like an idea of like what's going on in my hobby, because I'm definitely, for me, it is about like the process. So once I've made a layout, it is like shocking how many times, like I'm looking at my completed 2020 layouts and I was like, oh yeah, I made that one. Oh, yep. I made that one too. Like I just forget about these layouts. I don't regularly go back and look at them that often. Or at this point, a lot of these now I'm doing more digital. Like I don't have them printed because my plan is to do it in a book. So, um, it is, it's a good reminder to see like all the things that I have achieved because I mean, oftentimes like I do more than I give myself credit for. So, um, it's good to have that, I guess, confidence boost. Oh, I think, I think we all do. Sometimes it feels like we're not making progress, but when, when in reality we are, sometimes it doesn't, there's not as much visual evidence or maybe you haven't gathered it in the right way or yet. Um, and it's, it's helpful to have a way to, to really, to, to visualize it in multiple ways. We all like, well, maybe not all of us. I like to visualize my data in different ways so that I can have it make more sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. and so I can see that being really useful. So you said you've updated your hub. Do we get any like sneak peek tidbits about what kind of changes you made or do we need to wait about those? Well, I think a lot of it will be um, shared in a new class that I'm releasing in early-ish January called the Trello Habit. Um, So in 2020, I taught the Bucket List Project. And this was a nine-month class that combined how to use Trello with how to tell deeper stories. And there was a lot of success and energy from that, but I could see that those that didn't succeed as much, Trello was the barrier. And so we really needed to kind of separate those two things. Like doing doing it in Trello is really the optional step. And so um, we'll be moving those into two different classes, the first one being the Trello habit. And I'm going to be kind of sharing how to build your creative hub. And mine is, I'm calling mine my creative life hub because I'm including kind of home organization, home decor type projects in there as well. Um, Cause it's all kind of using my crafty skills and, and that side of my brain. Um, but yeah, I thought a lot of it, my new hub will be shared in that particular class, but I'll definitely have some sneak peeks and a little tutorials leading up to it as well. Oh, I can't wait to see. Yeah. I, you know, and I went, I debated on how to structure kind of what I was going to do every month and I'll, I'll give you this sneak peek. I have it color coded by each of our journeys. So January, okay. February is one color for the habits journey to know that these kind of months are connected, even though they are different calendar months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have my all my cards organized by season. I'm a very kind of natural seasons oriented person. And for me, the natural seasons are like December, January, February for winter, as for an example. Even yeah, though those, like meteorological seasons. Yeah, they don't line up with out. the quarters yeah. of the year, and that doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, we're going to be sharing options because you need to you need to organize it how it makes sense for you. And so this is just my example that I'll be sharing. But there's you know if you're very like you know, calendar your quarter oriented, or if maybe you, you love these six journeys and you just want to do to everything two months at a time. Um, maybe you just want to have a list of months. There's so many different ways that you can organize your priorities and what you want to do. Um, and we'll be kind of helping you do that and showing how easy it is to customize it in Trello. Well, and for some people, they may have other areas in their life where kind of like, right, like maybe they're teachers. And so it's like the school calendar year really impacts their planning or maybe like, like my husband's in finance. So it's like the fiscal calendar year. And oh, so yeah. like, right, like, um, 
everyone has different kind of markers. Like for you, it's seasons. And for somebody else, maybe it's like a school schedule. Correct. So, yeah. And I think that's just that's just part of this whole idea of, of doing things your way. And we're always trying to give you those options. Um, we want you to, to kind of give you a, a framework and an idea of where to go. But then you have to take those steps to to try and figure out what's the best way for you. Well, and that's a good point about the framework, too, because I think sometimes, you know, like something isn't working for you, but you're not certain like what tweaks you can make or how can I change this to make it work better for me? Um, So I think just kind of that permission, but also like it would be helpful to have like examples from other people that maybe align with kind of your perception or how you approach things as well. So um, I think it'll I'll be looking forward to seeing what everyone comes up with. Yeah, I think this is my th- my third year having a creative hub in Trello. And the first year was like, wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Last year, I made some improvements that made it more useful for me. And then this year, I really feel like, okay, now I know what I'm doing, how I use it, how often I use it. And then you have to set that up kind of with that kind of with that process in mind because not, you, not every tool we use is a daily check-in tool. Some are less frequent and you kind of have to honor and respect that and then set your systems up with that in mind. Does that, does that make sense? Oh no, a hundred percent. And I will say that this was this year. I so I'm probably like a year behind you um, was the year I felt like my Trello boards have really worked well for me. And I think part of it is because I had set up reminders mm-hmm. um, to check in there once a month. Uh, Because otherwise, yeah, you'd just be going along and it would just be kind of haphazard. Um, And not that I'm like very strict. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, my reminder comes up on the first of each month. So depending on what's going on, maybe I won't get checked in until like the fifth or whatever. But like then it's just, it's on my radar. Otherwise, sometimes it just isn't there. Um, So no, it totally makes sense to find a way to incorporate in your life. And my regular Gretchen Rubin reference, but she'll talk about how like sometimes it's easier to do something every day than to, than not doing it every day or doing it more randomly because you're not in, it's not in your routine or your habits. And so you have to find some way that you can incorporate it into like the longer term routine versus like the day to day. Well, that's a great segue to talking about, you know, so this is our habits journey. It's one of six themes for the year. But we're starting this because we're going to really be using habits as an underlying theme throughout the year because we know that's kind of that's the foundation of doing the things we want to do is good habits. Um, So we're starting off our book club with a revisit to Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I've just started kind of rereading it myself. I went through our, our longer study guide for it and there's just so so much good stuff in there and we'll be using that not only just for one month of book club but as kind of a reference throughout the year as our study resource we're going to be connecting this idea of of building strong habits and his you know four laws of behavior change to the five other books we read and even some of the past books we've read and and how we are moving throughout the year because habits is not just a conversation for January and you know late December it's it's an all-year conversation and I think we're all collectively going to see so much more success and progress and satisfaction by you know keeping this on the front burner keeping it top of mind yeah this 
was a book that was not even really on my radar until it came up in book club a couple of years ago. And it has was quickly proven to be like a strong favorite of mine. And I get his newsletters once a week and, um, now my husband gets them. And so we like talk about them. And, um, I like, I just feel like sometimes you read books about like habit change or things to make. And one, they might be like super scientific and they feel like, when's this going to be over? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then two, or maybe they're just like, so like, yeah, like this is, these are changes that you can make, but then there's not a lot of information on like how to actually achieve those changes. And I feel like this particular book, Atomic Habits kind of brings very accessible, like science type information and stories to like actual concrete examples of things that you can do to make changes. And one thing I grabbed my copy this morning, just to kind of review, um, in preparation for talking today. And I think one thing that kind of jumped out at me when I was just looking it over is the idea that it is not so much the focus of changing like you yourself. Um, but he talks a lot about changing your environment or your surroundings or, um, so, and like how that, like making small tweaks in those areas impacts like ha your habits and like what you do and your behaviors. So it's, it's kind of sneaky, right? It's like kind of like getting at the ground level, um, to help either like thwart bad habits or to like kind of get you like on the track towards your good habits. So I feel like it's less about like the person themselves and like, like making bad choices or making good choices. And like, that just feels like very, like, I don't want to say like shaming sometimes, but in this, I feel like it kind of takes it out of the equation and they're looking at like this bigger picture of like how you exist in the world and how you can make, um, positive changes to well, live like the life that you want or your, um, that you're looking towards. I don't know. Like, I really, really like it. I, I think it takes some of that, the, the willpower conversation out of it. Obviously that's, it's still part of it, but if you, you, there's ways that you can set yourself up for success so that you don't have to like have the mental energy to will yourself to do it. You know, like you yes. are taking choices when you do have the capacity to do that. Like you know, something as simple as like setting out your medication the night before will help you remember to take it the next morning. You know, well, no, little like last week I finally bought like a pill organizer thing, like a week long <laughs> thing. So I would remember to take vitamins because it's ridiculous. I'm like, they're right there. Why don't I take them? Yeah. But right. Like sometimes like they're upsetting to the stomach. So I don't take them right away in the morning because I want to eat. And then by the time I eat then I'm like off on my day. So yes, it is. You said it so well, that whole like willpower component. Well, and I just think that this, this conversation we're going to be having and then the ongoing connection to this book and these ideas will just help us get more to the nuance and subtleties of how we get things done. Um, for example, last night I posted inside the community, I have a goal next year of making sure that I send my podcast guests their questions five days in advance instead of like 18 hours in advance, which is what I've typically been doing. Because I think a lot of guests would prefer to have more time to marinate on the questions. And okay, so what are the different ways that I can do that? And so we started talking about like, well, when a, a guest books a time, what would that trigger? And, you know, what's the next step? And so there's so many different ways, but we have to get a little bit more granular. It's not just about using Trello or having a planner or getting up early. Like, let's think about the specific tiny things we want to get done. And then how do we make those marginal improvements 
to to make that one little thing work better and then how then we can we apply that to something else in our lives but we have to think a little bit smaller i think than we have been oh no and i think you hit it on the head there with like the whole idea of like the marginal improvements um because i think that's where you end up with like long-term success for sure so I wanted to, to read one quote that I had underlined um, when I jump back into it. And it says, we all deal with setbacks, but in the long run, the quality of our lives often depends on the quality of our habits. And, you know, I think we can all look as, you know, there, there were, I'm sure there are a lot of folks who actually made really great strides. My husband lost 60 pounds this year. I think he oh gave goodness, a few of those to me. Um, but I think a lot of us maybe felt a little held in place, paused, life felt on pause a little bit. Um, you know, it was a hard year. And I think we're all looking at 2021 with a little bit more hope and optimism. Okay, let's, let's, you know, think towards the future that eventually life will go back to something that looked more like normal. And how can I bring my best self to that? Well, and also maybe it's the idea of looking at, you know, there's always going to be parts of your life that you cannot control, but what components that you do have control over and the choices that you make in relation to those things. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, this has been a fabulous conversation. Um, for those of you listening that want to continue this conversation about habits, our next Your Way workshop, which is our free monthly event, is on January 6th, and we'll be talking all about creative habits. So these workshops are so fun. I break everyone into small groups of three to four, so it makes it for, for a really, really comfortable, cozy conversation. Um, I have some discussion questions, icebreaker type things, and then we'll all come back in a group at the end to share some takeaways and lessons learned. And and yeah, I just, I love these so much. It's a great format and I hope you will join us. Um, if not for the January one, but for at least one of our Your Way workshops next year. Kim, any final thoughts from you? No, just ready for the new year, man. See what it brings. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, 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 I always have this kind of energy, but I feel... There's more gusto in it than there has been in the past. Um, I feel like I definitely am coming out a little bit of the the pandemic fog and ready to, you know, even if my life is still quite a bit at home in the first half of next year, I'm going to be, you know, making the most of it. That sounds great. And I wish you all the luck with your journey. And I'm sure you're going to be doing a little bit of traveling to give these these vaccines. That is what my understanding is. But again, with the uncertainty, yeah, <laughs> we'll just see how it rolls out. They're being very accommodating as far as, you know, my availability. It's only part time. So I'm not committing to full time. So it's like two, three days a week. Um, and I've asked for now. My kids are still hybrid, at least through for certain through part of January. So they're usually at home on Mondays and Tuesdays and every other Wednesday. So, and my husband's working from home. So my plan is that those would be great days for me to go out and, um, do the immunizations because there's less, you know, concerns about getting them to and fro and whatnot. And sure. Obviously Dan, um, you know, his company's very committed to flexibility and understanding with that. So, um, you know, he can definitely get the girls where they need to be and, um, you know, get some meals going, all that. Like, like I said, it's been a, it's been years. So this is like a new chapter for sure. And, you know, like I said, it's very short term, just through like the first few months where we're doing all the, the long-term care immunizing the plan. So, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. I wish you a smooth transition to that, that thank experience. You. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and everyone, thank you so much for listening. 
Um, this has been such a joy to to record this podcast. And you guys are always telling us how much you love the, the chatty episodes I have with Kim. And of course, I love recording them as well. Um, and I'm so looking forward to a new kind of season, a new year of podcast episodes next year. Thank you so much. And remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.